Hey, it's Tardy to the party. I'm the resident one. He's the show one. Resident. Resident, not residence. It's not like we're doctors. I'm the here. resident one. We I'm are... the resident doctor. You do in have this, the sexy radio voice where this, I'm just shrill. I don't have the sexy I'm the shrill this, harpy in the background. The school of hard knocks in civil, the Spanish Civil War. Literally the school of hard knocks. And that bombs her. It's a, well, I guess it's more of an orphanage than a we're gonna school. Fill our, we're going to fill pop culture holes. Things we didn't see the first time around. This we're time we're talking about the devil's backbone we're gonna fill our holes of pop pop culture knowledge with bombs and ghosts a, a movie named after a passing phrase mentioned in the movie it's in. Uh, yeah i mean i guess it's a symbol of of superstition and stuff but it's weird that they just cling to i mean the devil's backbone even the thing they talk about what is supposed to be the symbol for the devil's backbone in the movie really doesn't mean anything but yeah, it's a metaphor for superstition yeah which is weird because the whole thing's about ghosts and the ghosts are kind of presented as being such a concrete thing in this movie. It's not really superstition at this point. It's just ghosts. But, well, I guess the whole movie does open and end with a whole big monologue about the nature of ghosts. What is a ghost? Is it a thing frozen in amber? Is it a thing locked in time? How many Guillermo del Toro? Oh, my God. Right before we started recording, I went onto YouTube to see what other people had said about this movie. People in England... You've got Spain right next to England. They mm -hmm. fought Sp English and the Spanish fought forever. Mm -hmm. Giant wars and shit like that. You think the English would learn how to s pronounce Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, the <laughs> Here's a film by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> like, oh my god. That's Guillermo the best Guillermo English accent you've ever done. <laughs> It, like, it was so English, like, it was a southern gentleman. Guillermo del Toro, whatever. He got a Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> this is my English accent. Don't they, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not. That's why I, never, I, that's why I failed out of spy school. Like, you, you failed out of spy school? <laughs> they say, hey, Bill, go kill James Bond. I'm like, yes, I will, mm. madam. I'll, I'll, I work at the pleasure of the Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. Uh, how many Guillermo del Toro... <laughs> Guillermo like, del Toro. He has a lot. It is hard, difficult to pronounce if you're muckle mouth like me. How many Guillermo del Toro movies have you seen? Uh, Blade, Blade Two. Oh, Hel I forgot he did Blade Two. Hellboy. I don't Hellboy think he did the first two. Blade. I think you might be right. Hell yeah, I think Hellboy, just... Hellboy Two, Pan's Labyrinth. <sighs> now this. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Pacific Rim. Oh, I forgot that was a... Yeah, that is a Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, that might be it. Did I not make you watch C uh, Crimson Peak? No. Oh, because I had people over last last uh, Halloween to watch Crimson, Crimson Peak. I... What do you think about Guillermo del Toro movies, at least up until seeing this movie? I like him. I think people mistakenly label him as a horror movie yeah. guy, and none of his movies are really horror movies. Well, very humanist stories about people that just happen to have... Well, I guess Hellboy's supposed to be a big pulp. That's more of an action movie. Yeah. Kind of, that's not even scary. That's no. not even trying to be horror much No, less. I would say none of but the movies I've seen of his are scary. I guess maybe but Blade he's... 2, because that's eh. supposed to be about vampires. I mean, that's the not most really. commercial. Well, I forgot he also did a science fiction horror movie called The Mimic, which I've never seen. Oh, yeah. Which that's... was, like, technically a second thing he ever did. Yeah. Uh, listening to the commentary for uh, The Devil's Backbone, he was talking shit about The Mimic, about how the studio took it away from it and refilmed, like, the ending and a whole bunch of other stuff. But... Yeah, what do you, do you, have you liked his films in the past? Because I've always been yeah. lukewarm about the guy. No, I like him. I like him well He directed enough. the original Hellboy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I know he definitely, Hellboy 2 definitely feels like a Guillermo del Toro project, because there's so yeah. much crazy shit in that fucking movie. 
Um, well, there's even like elves. He's an amazing world builder. Yeah, he's very good at world building. I, he is one of the smartest directors I've ever seen. Like, if you've have you ever tried to listen to one of his commentaries, Mm-mm. he never he barely talks about the film itself in terms of like it's never just like oh I filmed this this with a certain camera or anything like that. He just goes off on these long tangents about. He is incredibly well read, seen a thousand billion horror movies. It's funny because now, we're, yeah, we're sitting here talking about how he's not really much of a horror director, but his knowledge of horror fiction, both like yeah, in literature and film, even radio plays, uh, is fucking astounding. And uh, which, I, but I've never really liked his movies as much as everyone else seems to. Yeah. So many people love to jerk off on their own faces about how. Guillermo del Toro is one of the greatest film he filmmakers of all time, and I think he technically he's a very good filmmaker. But people like, I, especially with Pan's Labyrinth, I think Pan's Labyrinth. I need to see it again. I only saw it once in theaters, but I thought it was incredibly overrated because mm-hmm. people were just like, "I thought it was a good movie." It's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but like people are like, "Yeah!" Like the artsy fartsy people I tend to hang out with are all just like. Yeah, just jerking off. And I'm just like, it's good stuff, but it's just kind of pulp goofy shit. You and I are kind of Luddites. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know is, if I, you felt more I, like me or like everyone I else. I liked it just... well enough. I just, I tend not to enjoy depressing movies too much. And Pan's Labyrinth is a very depressing movie. Yeah. It's and... like, I, I'll, I'll ask my wife, I'm like, why do you watch this show? It's nothing but depressing stuff. And she's like, because I like to feel. And I'm like, no. No thanks. I don't want to feel the bad things. It's really depressing stuff, dude. I I think I'm kind of between you and your wife in that thing where I I can really dig on some I depressing things, but yeah. it's I can't really mainline that stuff for too long. Yeah. Um. And even then, Del Toro stuff is not super always super depressing. I guess Pants Labyrinth is is pretty fucked up, but this movies are more just kind of like laconic and sad rather than just trying to like blow you away with like a super grim, dark view of humanity or the world or anything like that. Like I said, if anything, he's a very humanist uh, filmmaker. He's very uh, empathetic towards his own characters and stuff like that. And what do you think of uh, The Devil's Backbone? This is my choice. Yeah. I foisted this upon you. Um, I think you could have done... I liked it all right. Okay. But I think it's slow. I, yeah, I think you could have done this any time of the year. I think you might have wasted a Halloween slot on a this. A little bit, yeah. Because it's not a spoopy movie. It's not ghosty. It's, it's not, it's, it's not there spoopy. There is a ghost, but it's not spoopy. The ghost is just another kid hanging out, and he, he just, just happens just to a have kid a hole standing in his head. There, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a Del Toro movie. It feels like a... Uh, uh, um, a blueprint for Pan's Labyrinth because it's kind of the same feel. That's what he even with, says. Like, the real, the real monsters, man. Yeah, even actually, even his commentary is very much like this is a, like a kind of like a, a a a dry run slash sister brother film to Pan's Labyrinth, and that like this is a little more like about boys being fucked up jerks, and the Pan's Labyrinth is supposed to be more of a feminine thing about like magical world and like getting in touch with them. Ah, blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, I the like. Fu- yeah, uh, Toro, he knows how to make you not like a character, and then. But yeah, his then, villains but, tend to be so kind of like arch, though, so cartoony, so pulpy. Yeah, but you, he's he's very good at letting people get their comeuppance. Yeah, which is it's it was good in Pan's Labyrinth. And it was, Who was it the is, villain? Because I know there's an evil general. Was the evil general in Pan's Labyrinth the the, he was the, the villain, kid's yeah. dad? No, he was like the. The guy that wanted to marry the the kid's mother. Yeah, I can't. Okay, I don't. Because yeah. I know there was the dad. Um, All he wanted was his son, and then he finally got a son. And yeah, 
his spoilers for Pan's Labyrinth. It ends with him being got like caught by the resistance members or whatever, and I tell my son oh. about me, and they were like, um, "Your fucking son's not gonna know your name," and then they shoot him in the face. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it was like the one thing he wanted. It was always pass my big, legacy on to my son. The big thing that took me out of Pan's Labyrinth was I. I think it's beautiful film and everything like that too. But there's a scene where the general like gets a mouth slit open. Yeah. And a really gratuitous scene where he's like stitching it back closed. Yeah. And. It, which is funny because I, I I'm not a I don't have any problem with horror shit in the movie like mm-hmm. gruesome gory stuff yeah but that like whole little sequence in that film totally took me out of the film because it seems so gratuitous mm. but, like taking five minutes out of the film just to show up and close up how he's like stitching his mouth back together and everything like that and it wasn't like I thought it was totally weird it took me out of the rest of the film it just seemed like uh, Del Toro was just showing off what he could do with like CGI effects and stuff, and mm. just from a storytelling perspective, I thought that was kind of lovely. Anyway, the whole reason I chose The Devil's Backbone was I've always been kind of lukewarm on his movies compared to most everyone else I know. Mm-hmm. Until I saw last Halloween, I saw Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. Crimson Peak, I thought was fucking great because it's the first time, at least I'm aware of that. At, or at least from my perspective, it really felt like Del Toro was really embracing the pulpy bee nature of the stuff he loves. Or maybe this is, maybe, maybe um, this isn't so much a judgment about Gil- Del Toro and his work, but how everyone I know tends to appreciate his work, where they try to try to force off all of his work as being this A-class, like, world-shattering film, whereas everything he does is pulp and stuff, and I think it's, and I think he knows that. And I think people try to, like, exalt his stuff a little bit too much and try to put it on too high of a pedestal. Whereas Crimson Peak was also a bomb, which is kind of interesting because it's this pulpiest thing and the thing like that most embraces the kind of like the origins of where all of his stuff comes from. Where it's all like this big gothic romance movie, also about ghosts. Mm-hmm. The and uh, all listening to the commentary in Crimson Peak, which is very similar to this film in a lot of ways. He spends a lot of time talking about how ghosts and stuff and the nature of that. It was a lot of stuff he did in The Devil's Backbone, which got me thinking, well, next Halloween I'll watch The Devil's Backbone, which is why I decided to choose that for mm-hmm. the party. And, yeah, this is very much, because both the, the the Devil's Backbone and Comes in Peak are very much about, like, the origins of ghosts and how they relate to people and why they're there mm-hmm. and how and why people become ghosts and what those ghosts mean and stuff like that. And, um, and they actually, even both films begin and end with monologues about ghosts and the nature of ghosts and stuff like that. But yeah, Devil's Backbone, 2001, Del Toro's second film starts off with... Starts off with credits and somebody took them and made them into a junior jumble because oh I don't understand God, the this... words. They're the words. <laughs> They're all jumbled. I it oh was my a, God. It was a weird artistic choice to just jumble the words around. Are you like... joking about the fact that it's all Spanish names or the fact that the font is terrible? Like... <laughs> that was obvious, the Spanish name. It's hot topic this, ass font. Not the Spanish names. The, yeah. The Spanish, like, I did notice the producer. Have you ever. Oh, let me see. I wrote the name down. I always forget how exactly you pronounce his name. Have you ever seen any of the works of Pedro Almodovar? Mm, I'm going to say no. Says the guy who's making fun of the English for not being able to pronounce <laughs> Spanish names correctly. Pedro Almodovar. Uh, he is a crazy guy who does a lot of movies. He. Does a lot of movies with what's her face? The, the oh yeah, what's her, her face? That's, well, the Spanish, the 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 lady Spanish star who is not the lady from Dogma. We're talking about Sofia. Or no, no. Who is who? Did you ever see Pirates of the Caribbean four? No. Uh, she's uh, Penelope Cruz. Oh. I don't know why suddenly 
Okay. Uh, he, he's done a lot of art house movies. This guy, Pedro Almodovar, he's done a lot of art house movies with Penelope Cruz. I saw one of his movies in theaters, and it was about a nun who had AIDS, and it was a thousand shots of, like, trains entering into, into tunnels when people have sex or give birth. It was, like, one of those movies. Uh. And it's interesting that this guy was a producer on this film. It's, I'm presumably... He kind of helped give Del Toro his start, but I'm glad to, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Pedro Almodovar's films, but I'm glad to see that he threw his way behind Del Toro, because Del Toro is great, I love his stuff, maybe not as much as everyone else, but it was interesting to see his name show up in the credits, but anyway. But anyway, a bomb drops on, a, on the ground. Yeah. And it cross cuts with Spanish Civil War. You see a Spanish little kid with a like bleeding, and another kid's like leaning over his body. Yeah. And you, it's it's completely bleeding out on the ground. It's presented as completely non mm-hmm. non sequitur, like you don't know what's and happening. Then a tied up body of the kid sinks into water, and yeah, a bunch other, of yellow water. The other kid's upset on the the the. He touches his wound, and yeah. then like gasps, and like he's all fucked up. Yeah, he puts blood on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then more credits with. <laughs> Babies in piss water. Did they show that? I even f- f- forgot about that. Yeah, because With that. I mean, this is backbones. The, yeah, this ties into the yeah, the theme of the film. The yeah. devil's backbone. Bo, bo, bo. Bo, bo, bo. Diablo de las Esperanzas, or whatever the hell it's actually called. Um, there's later, I guess. Yeah, two dudes are driving with a little kid, Carlos. Uh okay. I'm glad because all I know is it's it's Carlos. There's Carlos and Santi are the only names I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're the bad guys. Jacinto, probably. <laughs> knowing it's Spanish, it's probably Jacinto. But and then there's yeah, there's a uh, Hogwarts and Al. Al. Oh yeah, I forgot Al just because it's like he's got a silly name. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the the gaggle of kids. This is the weirdest Harry Potter movie ever. Mm. Harry comes to Hogwarts. Spanish Hogwarts. Yeah, so the backdrop is this is supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be like last week of the Civil War, which is puts this like, I guess, in late like 1939, which is funny because this is just as World War II was starting. Um, do you know anything about the Spanish Civil War? No, I meant to read about it, but I forgot. All I really know about the Spanish Civil War is that Rick Blaine, uh, Bogart's character in Casablanca, mm-hmm. He ran guns for the losing side, which I guess for the dem- democratic liberal leftist side. Mm. And looking up the history of the Spanish Civil War, yeah, I guess what was happening at yeah, uh, Spain at the time was tearing itself apart between the leftist rebels and the fascist right wingers. Mm-hmm. And this is right before the uh, the fascist right wingers were just finally won. And so, yeah, I guess all the leftist rebels are on the run and. I guess this orphanage school was like an enclave yeah. for the leftist rebels. Like they, they're supplying them at least. I mean, it's an actual orphanage. Yeah. It's not a front. Yeah. But I guess they have a whole bunch of golden food and stuff that they're supplying to these rebels that are kind of coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the unexploded bomb is in the middle yeah. of this orphanage. So I guess but it's been diffused. So no biggie. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I love what a big plot point that bomb becomes later on when it does nothing. I guess yeah, it's that's just true. Just... thematically, I kind of, like, even after watching the commentary, I'm kind of curious as to exactly what the bomb's supposed to, well, the bomb's supposed to represent, I'm sure, is the looming threat of the right-wing Franco forces over all these kids at the school, because even, or maybe it's just something that, a <sighs> well, neat, neat thing to have in the middle of the yard. And it's also, well, I mean, I guess it's also a constant threat of a death and piece. stuff like that. It's supposed to set the audience on edge and stuff like that, but yeah, I guess even though it's an orphanage. I guess the the fascists have no problem trying to bomb an orphanage. I don't know if the 
Yeah, but, you see later a bunch of planes are flying over, and it's the only one that really drops a bomb, and it drops it on this orphanage. What? Why? Where? What are the other bombs? Yeah, what's going on? Or, like, I don't know if the fascists are supposed to know that this orphanage mm. is, like, running supplies for the, the mm. rebels. But anyway, so the reason... I guess the main kid, Carlos, his dad was one of these rebels. He just got shot and killed. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the rebels are coming to the orphanage to get supplies and also drop off the kid saying, hey, this kid's dad just died. Yeah. We need to park him here. Yeah, and yeah. you meet Spanish or Spanish Christopher Lee. And, yeah. And a, Dumbledore. The, the headmistress with a wooden leg. McGonagall, yeah. McGonagall. Uh. All the good guys. I forget their names, but... Uh, all the good guy, uh, the good guys in this movie, their names start with C. Mm. And I think it's Carmen is the McGonagall. Yeah. The head is it's Cerveza, Cerveza or something like that. Yeah. Is this is the, I just uh, call him the Doctor. Yeah, the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, well, the boy's hanging out in the courtyard. He like finds a slug and picks it up. And yeah. Growing up in Oregon and seeing a lot of slugs in my day. And no, you don't. Don't, don't touch the slug. Just, That's yucky. That's just, yucky, gross, gross. I had a slug infestation. I live in a basement, and there was a slug infestation a couple of years ago by the by the back door, which was, I don't know how that happened. I fucking or what hate the slugs. Fuck. Slugs are disgusting. And it also, it's also weird, too, because the slugs in this movie seem to be uh, like a symbol of Santi the ghost, because they all collect around his pool that he was drowned in, we'll find out about later. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for the Devil's Backbone. Oh, no. And so I guess that's supposed to be like his herald or something. Like that, so, hmm. But, yeah. He puts it in his box, which he keeps all his treasures oh, in. Yeah. yeah, he sees a ghostly boy in a doorway. He vanishes when he looks away. Yeah. So he goes to investigate. What of do you course. think about the design of the ghost? Um, it doesn't hold up that well, but I like the like design of it, where it looks yeah. like it's floating underwater and stuff. Yeah. And the... I I do like this, like trying to do the smashed porcelain thing. Yeah. Uh, man, <laughs> I mean, this is early CGI. This is almost a 20-year-old film, but, like, in some close-up shots where you see Santi and the blood's coming out of his mm-hmm. head, you could totally tell it's just, like, a Photoshop filter. Like, yeah. like the blood pulling out, like, sp- uh, spilling out of his head, they kind of use the same effect, like, in Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64 where there'd be yeah. smoke. It's mm-hmm. not, like, a fluid simulation. It's just a bunch of static textures of, like, smoke that are kind of slowly, like, p- like, pouring out of his head. And, like, spinning and then fading away. It's this very kind of cheap way to do it. Which, hey, you know, this is a Spanish film from, like, 2001. They didn't have a ton of money on this. But, yeah, if you're really close, pay close attention now, you could totally almost see, like, the Photoshop brushstrokes of, yeah, yeah. how they did the, the, the blood coming out. So, but I do like, yeah, he's got the, his eyes almost kind of look like a photo negative. Mm-hmm. And even Del Toro in the, in the commentary says, well, they hope to make him float. Mm-hmm. So he's not just standing there. He's like, we didn't have the money, so instead we used what little money uh, extra we had left over. We made we made it so you can see his bones sometimes in his skin, and that yeah. was it. So, yeah. Uh, he sees the shadow of the boy run down into the cellar, but before he can investigate, two other boys show up, and everybody's introduced. It's yeah, Al and whatever the other kid's name is. Two other kids. There is like age there is size. like literally like thirty kids here, but the kids we care about, it's like half a dozen kids. Yeah, yeah. it's like four smaller kids. There's the bully Jaime, I think. I don't know. I don't... But the bully. Yeah, yeah, I never remember. And then there's the main kid, Carlos, and that's that's kind of like your, all your main characters right here. Yeah. Um, the headmistress is telling the two dudes that brought Carlos she can't take another kid. She barely feeds the one she got. And also, take this fucking gold. Get out of here. Yeah. There's still ten bars left. Yeah, so in the kitchen, I think, there's a big safe. Mm-hmm. And you see her pulling out gold bars to give to these rebels guys. 
as they're getting ready to head back out into the wild. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, I do like the irony here that these guys are sitting on a fortune of gold, but it's kind of worthless to them because they're out in the middle of nowhere and they can't, you know, it's not like they can use it to buy bread or anything like that, so they're kind of starving out here. Yeah. And that's that's kind of fucked up, but yeah. So they give some of the gold to the, to the rebels, you know. Mm-hmm. They can't take the boy because they're gonna go open in enemy territory, and they're like, "Yeah, what you gotta do? Got to go, boy, go hungry or wander around outside the walls and die." Yeah. So they'll take the boy. Uh, Carlos, well, well, I was just gonna say, there's a lot of stuff. Well, aside from just showing the headmistress McGonagall lady opening up the safe, and you see the gold and stuff in there. There's a lot of play with her. You see her lock it up, and she's got a whole big key ring full of ring, mm. uh, keys and stuff like that, which becomes a plot point later and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Carlos is showing the two boys his comics, and then an asshole comes over and takes the comic. Yeah, Carlos is doing a good job of trying to make friends. He's trying to be cool. He's like, hey, I've got comics and toys here. You guys want to hang out? Yeah. yeah. And he starts picking on Carlos. Carlos starts to fight back. Yeah, the bully kid, he's like a good head taller than everyone else. He's got like this rat... He looks like Chuck E. Cheese. He's got this rat face. He's mm-hmm. just like, meh. Yeah. But the bully points out that the dudes that he came with are leaving because he's like, that's my tutor. And Carlos chases him, but he cannot catch him. Oh, them. and then the fucking his bullies. His suitcase handle breaks. He, he says some us. bad words about Carlos's sexuality, about mm. his tutor. Yeah, your tutor's leaving. Yeah, no, I feel bad for Carlos because he never had the, the guys who drop him off. They never say goodbye. They literally say they're they're pretty much like, oh hey, is that Superman over there? And Carlos turns around and goes, huh, what? Where's Superman? And they get in the car and drive away. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carlos even runs down the road trying to catch up to them. He grabs a suitcase and he's like, "Oh!" And then he realizes that he's been abandoned. It's, yeah, it's sad. The headmaster talks to him. The doctor, he a friendly man. Yeah, he gonna be staying there for a while. He is really like Christopher Lee-ish, like just mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. Uh, he's got his nice little apartment. He's got his little three-piece suit, mm-hmm. his little tuxedo, and stuff. That nice. The headmistress leads him to a room with dozens of beds. His bed is number twelve. And Carlos asks why there's so many empty beds, and she's like, some boys run away. I wouldn't do it if I were you. It's a day's walk to town. And it's the fucking desert. Come on, it's a it high desert. A fucking, it's beautiful whenever they show like the big vast shots of just how mm-hmm. far away this place is. It is, yeah, you really get a feel for, like, they are out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She pulls a uh, key off her big key ring and gives it to him. It's a lock key for his locker. Oh, yeah. Other boys run in, and seems like carlos has been given santi the dead kid's bed yeah number 12 i think it mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah it's number 12 yeah and, he, and then later on that night he yeah he wakes up and he sees that santi's car had carved his own name into the wall yeah it's almost like we were gonna get there i'm not just saying i just thought about that i don't know that's a small enough detail i don't know if you would have noted that uh, yeah um but yeah so that's that, something just popped into my head elsewhere yeah. spanish eli roth has some <laughs> some dialogue with two other goons it's Spanish Eli. We're talking about the same guy because I, I, I called him Spanish Colin Farrell, but uh, he's totally that kind of like, yeah, exactly. You would know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is, especially, man, I'm totally get a perfect picture of Eli Roth in Inglorious Bastards, but they have the exact same hair. Yeah, they mm-hmm. could have been brothers. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. I think that's Jacinto. Yeah. Jacinto, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's an, he's a, I think he's like, he's probably in his early 20s. We find out that. He was also an orphan at the orphanage, and he's grown up, and he's just never left, and now he's just a, yeah. What? No, but... <laughs> it's almost like it's an important plot point we'll get to it when it I'm happens just saying, in the story. I'm saying, though, like, yeah. But whatever. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm 
okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to step on your toes. Well, again, I took three notes, and I thought you might have been so bored by this. I thought maybe you would have only taken so many notes. Even the boring shit, I take a ton of notes. No, I, yeah, I, okay, okay. Actually, the boring stuff, I take more notes because it gives me a chance to pause the movie and start writing instead of paying attention to the movie. I feel bad. I, I feel like I'm totally failing this trust trust the lesson that we're doing here yeah i am totally like assuming that you're gonna let me fall so i'm like yeah okay yeah, okay so he's talking to like a big fat hairy bald dude named pig named at least pig. in 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 the, in the subtitles that's a, yeah that's a weird thing that like that it seems like certain spanish people do where they're like hey what's that fat guy's name i don't know we call him gordo <laughs> Exactly. Like, isn't that just Spanish for fat? There's the yep. lady, here's an ugly name named Feo or Guapo or like yeah, exactly yeah. yeah. It, they, they, their name is just whatever their descriptor is. Yeah. Like ugly. Yeah. 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 I've noticed that a we lot. We don't of really do that films. in English. I mean, I assume sometimes maybe that's just from the people who wrote the subtitles, but like yeah. No, no, no that happens in actual. Yeah, I, I'm sure the character's probably name is Porco. I know. I have heard yeah. Spanish people like, call another guy by like, hey Guido, come here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guido? But yeah, yeah, not yeah, Guido. Yeah. Guido's an Italian word. What's the f- Spanish That's, word for Spanish fat? Spanish and Italians are kind of the same. Whatever. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Is that a racist thing to say? Um, uh, oh, no, yeah. What's it, wait, What's Italian for fat? No, Spanish for Carbs. fat. Carbs. Carbs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so he has this dialogue with the fat guy and another sleepy guy. Oh, we're talking about the guy. villain guy. We're just, he's the villain There's bad, a young guy, yeah, 20, asshole. 20-something looking pretty lady also She's there. hot. She's cute. I could see why, spoilers for later, too, I could see why the bully kid has a crush on her. Yeah. Eli's Roth cute. fiance. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess they are fiancés. He wants, yeah, yeah, he wants to get out of this place. He was a kid, but he doesn't want anybody to know that. Okay, I, okay yeah, because he does just give this monologue. Just, I don't know why. Says, Here's he my character's history. I don't know history. why he feels like it's a shame that he was an orphan at this place. I guess because he never left It's something. weird because he, like, like, he's trying to keep it on the down low, but presumably he's been there. You think everyone would just know. I mean, the kids are young enough. I'm assuming the kids all came from other places. It's not like these kids were born here. Mm. But you think, yeah, who gives a shit that he's been there for a long time? I mean, he's, he's gonna, no shit. He's going to find the gold and they're gonna get out of there with the gold whatever he and the hot lady yeah yeah carlos is silently crying in his bed at night he sees the name carved in the wall it's samit sanit santi santi why did i write santi must have autocorrected or some shit i don't know i think samit is like a fucking indian name but yeah uh he sees a shadow behind a curtain a little boy he pulls back but oh no no one dare Oh no, he gets yeah. up, starts looking around for the little boy that wasn't there. And then pictures start getting knocked over. Pictures and, of water. Yeah, yeah, pictures of water and uh, leaving ghostly footprints on the floor. Oh yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, there's footprints, but you can't see who left them. What and little ki- other kids wake up and are like, what's going on? And you're like, the new kid dumped out the water. And then you're like, well, now you gotta go to the kitchen and get more. Why? It's the middle of the night. You guys need water in the middle of the night? Yeah, I mean, assuming maybe this makes more sense if you grew up in 1939 fucking Spain, but it's like, oh, did, do we need this much midnight uh, drinking water? Do you water? need all the stagnant water sitting in the pots? I w- you would think the, the the bigger issue might be the fact that they broke the pot, and they probably don't have a lot of replacement pottery well, they didn't in this break place. anything. Everything just got, oh, just got knocked over, over just tipped yeah. over. But yeah, for some reason, now they have to go, yeah. 
So the asshole tells Carlos he's a chicken shit if he doesn't go because it's against the rules. Yeah. But Carlos tells him he gonna I will I'll, oh, I'm gonna go and you're gonna come. I do with love how Carlos really doesn't take much shit of from a this weenie. bully. Yeah. It's like fuck you. Okay, come on. We're we both got going. two jugs. We're both gonna fill them up. Let's get extra. We're gonna have more water than than we started with, motherfucker. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Other boys watch him walk across the courtyard. Yeah. Pass the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the asshole is like? They say it's the fuse, but I don't believe him. Put your ear against it. You can hear it ticking. That's its heartbeat. There is nice sound design when Carlos does put his ear against the bomb and you hear, mm. just hear this. It's not even like mechanical ticking. It's more of like ghastly groaning. Yeah. It's like, yeah, shit, that's not good. They, yeah. uh... Which, again, really makes it seem like you think the bomb would have like a mind of its own and choose to blow up at the end. Well, there's an explosion in the courtyard at the end of this movie. It has nothing to do with the bomb. It's been confused. But, yeah. Um, uh, they do some straight creeper peeping on the higher hand and the girl he's macking on. Oh, making yeah. Making smoochy smooches. Yeah. They proceed to the kitchen, which is chained shut because I guess nobody's allowed in the kitchen at night. Yeah, although I guess if everyone's going hungry, then I have that much food, it makes sense to lock up the kitchen so the yeah. kids don't try to sneak in there at night and grab like a snack or something. Except that the door is chained in such a way that they just squeeze through the. Yeah, the I door. mean they could also be worried about bandits showing up and sneaking yeah. in and stealing their stuff too. So. Yeah. They use a water pump it's, to get some it's water. It's funny because, like, the big taller kid has a much easier time. Granted, he's, I presumably had much more time to practice this, but he has a much easier time squeezing through that door than Carlos. And Carlos really has to wrangle through, despite being, like, only half stall. But He's yeah. got but big old pecs. He, he's, he's been bulking he's, up. Yeah. He likes to kiss his pecs been, when no one's he's looking. He's been getting them gains. Um, but, yeah, they both sneak in. The and the asshole leaves. He's like, see you outside. And then Skizzards. Oh, yeah, he just gets his jug of water, runs out, leaving the, yeah, the main mm-hmm. kid, Carlos, behind. Where Skizzards fall off a rack, but in hired hand never... hears it, and he's like, huh? Whoa. I don't know if it's supposed to be what suggested that, that, like, Santi was responsible for the... Because it seems like Carlos is undone in a couple parts in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, the, the water got knocked over by Santi, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's supposed to be suggested that the rack of scissors fell over because of Santi, too. It happens off screen, but who yeah. knows, but, yeah. So the, ass, the hired hand grabs the shotgun and goes to investigate. Carlos hides inside a cabinet while the shotgun guy takes a panel off the wall and tries a couple of keys on the safe that's behind well, the Well, yeah, so the shotgun guy comes in, sees that there's no one there. He sees that the, the, the noise must have just been the scissors that fell. Mm-hmm. And so now knowing that it must have just, the, there was no one in the kitchen, at least as he thinks, he says, okay, this is a good time. Oh, we forgot to mention too earlier when he was talking to the other hired hands, Pig and the other guy, mm-hmm. he talks about how he's got a couple keys and he's going to try them uh, out later yeah. on tonight. And, uh, yeah, it turns out, we'll find out later that he's been stealing keys off of Mrs. McGonagall, the, the, the super badass Carmen mm-hmm. headmistress, but that he's trying two of the keys that he's stolen off for her right now. He's, yeah, he's in the kitchen, he takes the panel off the wall, reveals the safe, tries his two keys, neither of them work, but Carlos is hiding inside. I think it's like a bakery hole yeah. in the wall and he sees all this stuff happen but then yeah it, the, the the keys don't work and asshole guy yeah, he, he just leaves, leaves? yeah you know, he just okay, leaves yeah. and so carlos climbs out of where he was hiding and thinks he hears something so he goes down to the stairs into the cellar where shit's all torn up and very spoopy yeah there's a lovely pool of stagnant brown water. It is gross-ass, like, rusty, shit-ass piss water. Mm-hmm. It's no good. Don't go down. And then it's surrounded by slugs! Don't go near that pool! It, it is, <laughs> it's bottomless! Yeah. This is as unnatural a pool as you should ever find in 1939 fucking rural Spain. Yeah, where every 
every house had its own stagnant water pool in this ba- basement water and stuff reason. yeah what with... is the purpose of this pool even the basement like the, the i don't know if they're supposed to be yeah i don't know if it's supposed to be because it's not drinkable it's not big enough to be a swimming pool yeah. it's just a pool that exists just to be a plot point in this film yeah um yeah uh so he also sees carlos sees shadows running around he's the ghost of the dead boy who seems like he's hiding from carlos a little bit despite the fact that he bit. seems to have drawn Carlos down there intentionally because he yeah. made noise enough to like draw him downstairs. He's got so, yeah. floating blood coming out of his head. And... Yeah. Again, his head is all kind of cracked open on the side and you can see his bones he, sometimes. He reaches out and grabs Carlos's shoulder from behind and stock lady scream number five plays. Yeah. Well, it's 2001 again. Yeah. They only yeah. had so many resources for stuff. But So Carlos sees blood floating in the air and... T- touches it and gets blood on his fingers. I did kind of like that moment where there's a tangibility to the ghost. Yeah, Aside yeah. from the ghost, did just grab and him by the shoulder. A but... voice whispers, "Many of you will die." And so he run. I never understand. So Santi seems to know what's going to happen later on in the film. Yeah. Instead of saying "Many of you die," why does he just say? I, this always drives me nuts in movies with ghosts that show up that are like prophetic, that are trying to help the heroes save them from something bad. What if you if you could are you is there something like like as a ghost you only have like a limited vocabulary and you're for, you can never just come out and say hey kill the kill the hired hand guy that guy's a butthole he killed me why is it always got to be like fucking clue I mean I know that's the whole point of you know the genre I don't know. Is, why, it's supposed to be a mystery why and stuff when like you that, run but... into somebody at the end of a bridge do they always demand three riddles yeah that's uh, yeah there's no yeah the you just accept it as that's just the way it is if you start some, thinking about the logic sometimes of it. it's a it's a fucking wizard who's like you gotta throw me three show me three triangles and you're like hmm the hell riddle is that <laughs> don't remember triangles? that sketch from sesame street the, the dude at the, the bridge Who's like, you must, sure show, seen it. you must show me three circles, three things that are a circle. Is this a cartoon? Yeah. Okay. What does he show the wizard? He's like, like a cookie? well, I've got this cookie. Oh, okay, That's yeah. That's the shape of it. <laughs> I've got this pizza. Uh... I'll draw a circle on the ground, and look, that's a circle. Circles are easy enough. Triangles are a little more difficult. Just trying to find a natural, like, naturally occurring triangle on your person or in the environment is going to be a little more... Unless you go, they okay, there's a mountain there, yeah. that's kind of triangular shape. There's another mountain right next to it, that's kind of triangular shaped. Yeah. Unless you go to, like, your, your you, incisor. If you saw it, you'd remember it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That sounds dimly familiar, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, it's, it's so, stupid to try to worry about the logic of ghosts yeah. too much, but, yeah. Carlos runs, but oh no, the rechain door is a little too tight now. Yeah. But he hired hand actually they had locked it a little bit tighter than yeah. it was before, you yeah. know. And the asshole kid doesn't wait for him and goes back to the room, leaving him to struggle in vain. But he eventually gets through. Uh but before he can get back to the room, the bunch of kids use slingshots to burst the the Fuck the this, jug this open. Is, yeah. And all of a sudden, the hired hand is there and chases him down. He's like, what are you doing outside? He gets really angry, yeah. Yeah. Like, unnaturally angry, yeah. yeah. So, the next day, the doctor is reciting something romantic in his room to himself. Yeah. The next room over, the headmistress is listening and is like, yeah, boy. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think, it's, I don't, it's not from the Bible, but it is some kind of, like, talking about how, like, the depths of my love love thee and stuff like that and you think he's just reading to himself but he's just saying it loud enough so yeah um he yeah so the hot mcgonagall lady 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I can hear it next door. Yeah. She puts on her leg and gets ready for her day. Have we mentioned that she's only got one leg? But she got one leg. I think I mentioned it. Yeah. I don't know if they ever actually... In the I don't film. know if they've pointed it out yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they show, showed it for You see her kind of second. hobbling a little bit early in the film, but this is where yeah. you actually see her. She's in her nightdress. She gets up. She's, like, lacing up the... the, the... I'm assuming the actual actress had two legs, because there's... Yeah. Uh, a little bit later, we see her with her stump. It looks a little CGI, but... Yeah. I don't it's... think it looks CGI. It looked like a practical effect, so, like... Yeah. Probably... Well, the fake leg in that scene is, is yeah. very much a, a practical effect, but... Yeah, I do like seeing her, like, like the... The fact that Del Toro goes out of his way just to show her just kind of the, the hassle she has to go through of, like, lacing up this big fake leg and stuff like that. It's just kind of mm-hmm. interesting, but yeah. Then later, it's the dining hall, and the doctor asks Carlos who else was with him, but he won't crack. Yeah. He's... It's weird that he, d- he just does this, like, in front of the whole school. He just, it, they don't, like, that, uh, he doesn't take him back to his office or anything like that. I mean, he makes a production out of it a little bit, but yeah. The doctor's a smart man. He's like, all right, you all This is clever, eat. yeah. They're all, all the kids are very hungry, so they start mowing down. Yeah. Except for the boys who look up as Carlos. As he goes back to the table, those were his cohorts in the night. So mm-hmm. they all get in trouble, that Except crafty doctor. Except for the main bully, Jaime himself. He doesn't look up, but it's like Owl and all the other, other little kids who get busted. Mm. Yeah. So they Jaime's, gotta... Jaime's smart enough not to fall for it. They gotta clean up and move around Jesus. Which, yeah, I don't even know a, if they explain what's going bloody on. bloody ass Jesus on a cross. Yeah, there's Fucking a... Catholics are weird, man. There's like a hundred pound oaken Jesus in the basement that they have to lug out into the main courtyard for... Yeah, I thought there was going to be a parade scene or some kind of like <laughs> like religious a thing. A puppet going... show. Or something, but like, it's just for... this is the kid's punishment, is, yeah. Yeah. They have to haul Jesus around. Which Not... I guess I'm sure is a metaphor because the kids are carrying Jesus and he's undead. Carlo Santi's ghost, yeah, blah, 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 not, like, a little, not, blah, blah. A couple blah. scenes happen and not much happens in them where the doctor and the headmistress flirt. The boys look at a toy frog. Carlos goes to the center and talks to the pool of water. That's the thing. This movie, it's, it's presented as a horror film, but it's mostly just kind of a slice of life melodrama yeah. that just happens to have a ghost in it. And you find out, oh, one guy's an asshole, the end. Carlos yeah. asks the, the pool of water if he's the one who sighs. And then oh, the, that's it, right, because the kids keep on re- just referring to the ghost as the one who sighs. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then an asshole kid shows up with his, his sidekick, holds Carlos... And then the asshole pulls out a knife, and I don't, I don't know what his motivation is here. Yeah, because is he actually gonna? St- oh, yeah, that's right. Because this is all in the Aside basement. Aside from being a poopy butthole. Yeah, uh, the bully waylays Carlos when when Carlos is like looking at the 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 the, the, the nasty water pool in the basement, and yeah. there's a whole whole kerfuffle down there. Yeah. yeah, they throw Carlos to the ground. But he picks up a chunk of metal and throws it at the asshole. Fucking bully gets whomped. It's yeah. really nice. And yeah. he falls in the pool, and then one of the little kids is like, he can't swim. So Carlos jumps in and saves yeah. him. I think it's supposed to be an echo of what happened to Santi, that the bully gets hit, like the, the whatever rock or metal mm. thing that the Carlos throws hits him pretty much in the same spot and knocks out the kid again. So yeah. Carlos has to... Carlos saves him while the dead boy watches from the murk. Yeah. And Eli Roth shows up. Does... No one ever notices that Carlos is down there, or that Santi's down there, right? It's just kind of like, yeah, no. It's just kind of like we yeah. see that like he's down there, but yeah. yeah. Eli Roth shows up and is mad at the boys. What are you doing down here? Again, Whose he knife freaks is out this? way more than he should for considering what's going on. Yeah. Carlos says it's his taking the blame from the boy for fuck knows what reason. Eh, this kid, he, he's he's a sin eater. He just takes on the 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 the, the sins of everyone else onto him. Yeah. I guess he's a Christ-like child. I so guess. Eli Roth is like, if anything happens to you, I'm to blame. 
So he cuts Carlos's cheek. Yeah! Interesting way to follow up. If anything happens to you, I get troll. That's like, I, I'm responsible for this car. And then dragging your key across it. And then yelling at the car, you better not tell anyone about that this happened. And it's like, <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Well, we do. Like, later Don't... on, we realize he's not, he doesn't give a shit about the kids. He just doesn't want anyone finding about what he did in this in this pool. But, yeah. Um... But yeah, so yeah, he does threaten the kid. It, like it, he says to the kids, "Don't, uh, no one's ever gonna find out about this. Like, keep this on the down low." Yeah, and yeah. So he's like, "A single word of this to anyone will rip you in half." So then later, the doctor patches Carlos's cheek up, and you'd think he's a doctor. It's wartime. He'd be like, "This is a fucking knife cut. Who cut you with a knife?" Yeah, this is not. You didn't fall down. Like someone sliced your face yeah. here. Like it's not a huge one, but it's not that he needs I've, stitches. I've cut myself with knives before. You can tell the difference between a knife cut and like, oops, I fell on a pointy man. Thing. I sliced my hand open when I was six trying to open up a, a wacky wall walker bag from a box of cereal. Mm-hmm. I still can't. I still have the scar from that. And that was such a. I should have gone to the hospital for stitches for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you totally tell a knife wound from anything else. But, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> wacky walker. <laughs> that box of Fruit Loops. It was worth it. That was such a fun toy. Mm. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> the way it leaves like fucking residue on any wall you throw it on. Oh yeah, forever. forever. Like you can't because yeah, it's like this oily residue yeah. that just seeps into any porous. Ooh, when oh. my when my niece, my my niece who's now nine was probably like three, maybe yeah. two. Those things scared her. <laughs> Shitless. Really? Yeah, you'd like pull it out and she'd be like, yeah, and run away. I mean, they're and wobbly. If you, if you, if you threw it at the wall and it started <laughs> flopping down, she'd be like, because <laughs> well, it does kind of look like it's moving of its own volition if you're like, not, if you're, yeah. I we had, we see. had like a little, a little Aww. like uh, a bottle of the, the gel that you like, you put your fingers in and go, yeah, the make fart, the fart, yeah, thing. fart slime. That scared her too. Aww. Fucking hilarious. Oh, she's but, just. Yeah, she's not a big fan of anything that wibbles and wobbles. She's f- yeah. fine with it now. But, yeah, but well, um, kids, yeah, yeah, it's not supposed to be logical. So while the doctor patching him up, Carlos tells him he thinks he's seen a ghost, and he's like, "Ah, look at this shit all around my office. I'm a man of science. Look at my babies in jars." L- let me explain the title of this film to you. Isn't science great? Look, this one's got a devil's backbone. They're pickled in rum. You can drink this shit. It'll <laughs> cure your limp dick. <laughs> Supposedly. Does. Hey, he picks and up a whole jar, just drinks half of it, puts down burps, and passes out. He's like, if you believe in ghosts, you might as well drink this superstitious shit, too, because it's yeah. exactly the same thing. Well, yeah, there's And there's Carlos is like, nah, no thanks, and pieces out. Yeah. And then the doctor drinks it. You gotta fix that lip tick. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, because, I mean, there's, like, there's, there's irony. He's supposed to be the man of science. He's, he's making fun of how, like, superstitious you have to be. To think that like this this alcohol could do anything for you, and then he does drink it. Although at the end, you could say he's not drinking it because of the limp dick solving powers of it. He's just thirsty. What else you get there? Yeah. It's probably the only booze they have in the whole place. But yeah, so I guess the uh, the, the the devil's backbone thing that he's talking about is actually spina bifida. Mm. Uh, where like I guess spina bifida. There's a couple different versions of it, but it's generally when either you have a spine that is bisected somehow, like it does. It's not one whole cervical cord has been like it's a birth effect where it t- typically calls caused by ma- malnutrition which mm. if these kids well no these babies don't necessarily have it's not their parents it's not guaranteed the that mother they were would born have there malnutrition but because cons- not all of these babies are full term yeah exactly. well that's a good jars. point too 
Uh, but yeah, sometimes that also leads to babies being born with their <laughs> spines just being exposed, just like the samples in the jars. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, this is yeah the scene where the the, the doctor pretty much explains kind of like the whole superstitious title of the film. And yeah, yeah that is that is one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Actually, just even the thought of like drinking baby drinking juice, baby, baby juice, like oh no, I mean no, it's just tiny. I understand it's pickled in rum and cloves, but it's a baby juice. What are you? I love how this totally non-graphic, not even real horror film features one of the grossest things in the movie I've ever seen. Where I was sitting there going, "Nasty, you're a nasty movie." <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, I was. Mm, I was. <laughs> I I think I was eating yesterday too, and I just like having this like tear into lunch right before that happened. And I was like. I don't want to eat now. This is bad. <laughs> I don't want to eat without some rum. Yeah. Oh, I hate booze anyway. Just mm. even that old. Oh, no, no. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, Disgusting. <laughs> at night, the bully and the other kids wake Carlos up because they want to read his comics. These kids really like to do stuff during nighttime hours. Yeah, especially because it's not like they seem to be especially restricted during the day. I mean, the only adult supervision they have is, is fucking McGonagall and, and Dumbledore. It's yeah. not like... Yeah, so, but I, this, this kind of sets up the idea that, like, I guess the bully has finally turned because not only did Carlos save him in the pool, but he also took the blame for the knife incident, and so, now the bully's like, yeah. Yeah. Shit's, shit, shit well, is being healed between Carlos them. is talking about a label he found, uh, from a cigar, uh, the asshole says... Yeah, he essentially opens up his whole box of treasures to, yeah. to, to, for everyone to play with, and yeah. And the asshole is like, hey, I'll trade you that cigar label for this drawing of a naked woman. <laughs> it's almost real. It's not a very good drawing. Her vagina's on sideways. <laughs> which is, and even the other kid points it out, and like, which is the kid who points it out is like six years old, and, and like he, the and bully he says, kid's like... Her pussy's on sideways, and he says, <laughs> what do you know? And he says, yeah, it looks like a mouth that's wrong. And, like, hey, I love how he's just, like, kind of slightly embarrassed by that. He's like, what the fuck do you know? Her boobs are three circles. <laughs> it's, it is, well, I love how all the kids are like, that's a hot mama. They're all like, oh, yeah, and it is the worst drug of a woman you could ever possibly It's do. weird, though, because it has Garfield's head. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got issues there, turns out, kid. Turns out the bully's a real big fan of the fucking, uh... Uh, the fucking like, my brother, my brother. And yeah, me. it's yeah. not gay if Garfield's got a lady's body. <laughs> you know what? I want that to be like. I'd like to have a subtitled version of this movie where just hacks this scene just to have him just saying that shit. <laughs> oh my god! Have we ever established? Have we have we blown past the scene where we see that the bully is an artist? No. Not oh, okay, that comes later. But yeah. okay, so this is the scene that established that he likes to draw and stuff. Yeah, yeah he wants okay. to be a comic artist when he grows up. And yeah. The kids talk about how uh, Santi, a kid, vanished the same night the bomb dropped. Some people say that he ran away, got no. scared, and was like, hey, bomb, no, and peaced out. But I they assume don't all that. this must have taken place years and years and years earlier, but we see a flashback later that makes it seem like this only happened like six months ago. If that. Yeah. Uh, the hair is sigh. It could be a ghost. But it's just Eli Roth fucking the fuck out of the head mistress. Oh, that's right, because, like, yeah, because even Carlos is like, oh, I think it's the one who sighs, and the camera pans from the kids down the hall, and, yeah, it's just, and this is the other reveal that Eli Roth is fucking McGonagall. Yeah. Yeah, hard, too, like, 
You'd think you'd be a little more on the download because you know that's thin walls and mm. there's yeah. yeah He's but. been uh, he will he'll, he walks over to her dresser and secretly swap keys on her key ring to try to find the one that opens the safe. Yeah, well, there's this, they're having this whole conversation about how uh, she doesn't want anyone to know that. He's fucking her, and he reveals that he's been fucking her for a long, long time. Yeah, since he was presumably like, he was one of her since students. He was a teen, yeah, yeah, and uh, she says, "Well, she, it's not that she's embarrassed; she's just ashamed, and she's all kind of like sad and stuff." And he takes advantage of the fact that she's all like kind of being pouty. Yeah, he he blocks his the the view of the her her keys with his body. And, like, which why would she keep the safe? on her key ring and you don't keep a, yeah. a, a, a key like that on with all the other keys that everybody knows where they're at but but yeah he's walking around with a wiener out and just yeah. <laughs> he's walking with that wiener out he's just using it as a tripod mm-hmm. so <laughs> the, ne- the next day the kids and eli roth are loading up a car with supplies it wasn't a big shocker was it a big shocking revelation to you that that she was fucking him or vice versa no. To me, I was like, oh, no, because he's already fucking what he's fucking. There's only two women here in this whole thing, and he's fucking both of them, which in retrospect kind of makes sense because he's the only hot male. Oh, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. The only sexually active, attractive people are all having sex with each other. Why don't they just get it over with and have a three way? Gross. So <laughs> I man, I do. If I, I'm say if I were Eli Roth, I'd be like, hey. Uh, he is hot younger lady and fucking hot teacher laid with one leg. He is Let's just he kill is, two birds with one. He is stone. not a flavor I savor. Oh, he him him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is also a psychopath. He, well, there's that. But yeah. So uh, <laughs> the asshole has a, the cigar label <laughs> now. Flavor I savor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes to the young girl, the the asshole kid, and he's like, "I found this and thought you might like it. It looks like real gold, but I don't think it is." And then so she's like, it's very pretty. I'll take it. Puts, puts it on her finger. And the Eli Roth is like, what's that? He asks her when the kid goes away. And she's like, kid stuff. That's a nice little scene. Again, it doesn't mm-hmm. really. I mean, it does tie in plot she doesn't have stuff much later, of but a character. She exists to be a plot device. More. Well, that's the thing. That's kind of the beam nature of this film is that, like, the characters only exist to kind of move the plot along. And it's nice that the actors kind of bring as much character to the characters as they do. But, yeah, you're not really. But it's still good, like, you know, that's fine. During... It is cute to see the bully soften, and you get to see the soft side of the bully, like, Mm. giving her, like, a little ring. And she's very gracious about it, she's very cute about it, and she understands, like, what this means to the bully kid. And so, it's it's, 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 it's a very nice human scene. But yeah, anyway. There's a scene where they're having class, and Carlos and the asshole kid, Hamie, are talking, and... Oh, the teacher's he's teaching like, about yeah. woolly mammoths. Yeah. And he, about how cavemen would sharpen he's, sticks he's and stab. Drawing, he's drawing yeah. the drawing of cavemen fighting woolly mammoths. He's like, hey, you know, I could help you write your stories. And the bully's like, my stories are mine and mine alone. OC, do not steal. Copyright, copyright, copyright. I'll DMCA your ass. You <laughs> fuck with my YouTube channel. <laughs> I will fuck you up like a my fucking original hurricane. My original character, Sanic the... <laughs> The the hedge hag, do not seal. He just loves drawing pictures of who's the lady, who's the sexy bat from Sonic the Hedgehog. Because he's drawing her with a giant glistening penis, just Ugh. floods of semen. But except and he's also Sonic's like, laying there all pregnant. And it's like I well, think it's he's time. pregnant, and they're both a thousand feet tall, smashing Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It's a whole weird like size thing too at this, and they're both lactating. It's they they've got a whole lot of yeah yeah yes. 
Jaime's got some issues. Art, man. That drawing that exists. <laughs> Actually, in the scrawl, you see deviantarto.com-o. <laughs> oh, that's how you do Spanish, draw. just throw an O at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Spanish speakers have their own deviant art. They can't just go to spa- to regular deviant No, art. he types it. No, he, at the top of his drawing, it's deviant.com slash SP for Spain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, while they're doing this, the teacher's all like, yeah, guys, in case you ever need this knowledge later on the film, uh, my phone is ringing. Dude, dude. Who the fuck is... I never get calls. Oh, it's fucking spam. Yay! Uh, I don't know anyone in West Palm Beach. Uh, but yeah, she, the teachers are like, hey, if you guys ever need to take down a larger target, you should do something like these cavemen where they stab this woolly mammoth to death oh, with sharp sticks. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, they'll sense. become useful later. Yeah, I didn't but, pick up on that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... The boys are becoming closer with their OC do not steal. <laughs> At night, Carlos gets out of his bed. <laughs> Let's make Undertale together. Sneaks over to the asshole's locker and looks at his drawing. It's because he's got to see that mo- he's hoping more of that boobies. More of them sideways vaginas. I've learned how to draw triangular boobies, too. He sees one drawing of a young boy with blood glushing out of his head, and it says, Senti. Wait, does... Does the bully actually willingly? Because I thought there was a scene where no, he like goes into his he goes into it. the bully's locker, like looks at his sketchbook, yeah. And oh, that's right, yeah. And he's flipping through, and you see one of his drawings is is of the yeah, Asante, like yeah, yeah. Which I if I would not have drawn that, knowing there's a psychopath around who could just look at that and be like, hey, how do you know about this? But the, the, the bully the bully's not exactly the smartest. Yeah, the psychopath never really gets. It's weird because later we find out too that, yeah, uh, the bully was actually there when Santi was killed, and it is kind of suggested that oh, you, like yeah, the bully you, is aware that there was someone else down there with Santi, but he never finds out exactly who I guess, and so I don't know if he knows that it was the bully specifically. No, he doesn't know that anyone was down there with Santi. Oh, okay, he doesn't know. No, but but yeah, we find out that like yeah, so at the bare minimum, the bully has seen Santi too. Yeah, uh, we don't know quite what the context is or what's going on, but yeah, we turned yeah. up. Yeah, but. In town, the doctor's selling his baby juice. It sees a bunch of dudes lined up against a wall, including one of the dudes who brought Carlos to the orphanage. Yeah, Carlos's tutor, the guy who got shot in the yard. Well, yeah, we did notice that. Like, he was part of the things was he was getting stitched up by the doctor earlier in the film, and we see this same same guy being lined up against a shooting shooting gallery wall. They all get executed. Yeah, not even like not even the thing where like they get a guy, a bunch of guys with guns, and like they shoot them all at the same time. It's like one on one, just like bullet to the back of the head from a pistol yeah. like you have to wait for your own death just even more like eh. yeah and the doctor doesn't have a very good game face in terms of like <laughs> not not showing empathy towards these guys who are being uh executed in the middle of this public square yeah. he's totally like nah, and he's like shuddering at each shot and yeah yeah which, I mean, it is fucked up what's going on, no matter what your politics in this situation. That's still not a fun thing to see. I, yeah, you're, if you're not, you're nuts. If you're not a, one of the, like, soldiers that are seeing it day in and day out, it would affect you. Yeah. And I think the soldiers would know that. But even aside from the fact that he's allied with those guys, but yeah, even then, it's still a fucked up thing to see. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... Carlos goes and searches Santi. Oh, well, we should also note that, too. Well, the doctor's fucked with, because there's a soldier there who kind of, like, Picks up on the fact that he's kind of the doctor's kind of squeamish about the assassination. He's all like, 
can't remember what the exchange is, but there's no, a little like, bit like, of... do you know that guy? And he's like, no, It is kind of no. presented as like, oh shit, is the doctor in trouble a little mm-hmm. bit? But that scene ends in the yeah, it cuts to the next thing. But it is a little bit like, it is reminding you that there is a war going on, there is like politics happening, and that like, aside from whatever's going on with the ghosts, that like, you know, the people at this orphanage are still in danger just from the war stuff that's happening. Yeah. So the Carlos goes in search of Santi. It's still nighttime. He finds him being all dead and shit. And is like, hey, talk to me. I don't want anybody to die. And I he... do like he finally just says, fine. Okay, what do you want? And Which, he, that's nothing that ever happens in Ghost More movies. whispers. Many of you will die. Well, again, Wasanti could be more informative about what's yeah. going on. Because he's obviously trying to communicate something to Carlos. Mm. But this is his only advice. And it's like, well, the, fucking great. The, We're all going to die yeah. eventually someday. So the ghost starts walking towards him. And Carlos takes off running. But you can't run from a ghost. It just follows you. Bleeding flesh blood juice all over the crack just all over from its crack and his head and wet footprints on the ground i'd like to think there used to be a janitor at this orphanage and he just quit because there's so many just like every, wet footprints every, everywhere wet, wet footprints and just blood all over the place because yeah. the guy's just leaving fuck this auntie's just like a fucking train just spewing blood clouds behind him wherever he goes yeah mm-hmm. carlos hides in a linen closet he looks out a keyhole and sure jump scare eyeball Dun, dun, dun. The only jump scare in the whole movie. Yeah. The only tension in the whole movie, really. It's, it's kind of funny, because in the commentary, Del Toro's like, yeah, I'm not much for jump scares, but I just felt like it, this movie needed a little bit of a, little bit of a little pinch in the butt yeah. in, in this part, like kind of saggy part of the middle mm. part of the film. And that's when he even talks about how he tries to keep from doing jump scares in his movies, but then he was forced to when yeah, the studio took over the mimic from him and like mm. instituted a bunch of jump scares. And he, he spends like five minutes in the commentary just talking about how stupid jump scares are. But, yeah. So yeah, thumbs up to Del Toro. He's not wrong. The next morning, uh, the chubby lady worker who we haven't mentioned yet opens the closet. Oh yeah, the unfortunate ugly lady. <laughs> she is... Yeah. I can see, I, I, even the movie's I, not nearly as interested in her like, as the sexy lady. But yeah, I totally forgot there was another woman in this film. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Lunch lady. She opens the closet, and Carlos is like, blah, and runs, and she's like, blah, and watches him run. Yeah. So, this doctor comes back from town and decides that they need to get the fuck out of Dodge, because the army's headed their way, and who knows if the guy that got murdered or executed told the army anything. Yeah. The jig is up. They gotta move. They'll take as many boys as they can, but not that one. He's ugly. We'll leave him behind. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Lunch Lady Doris, uh, she, we're kind of iffy about her, yeah. too. Yeah. So she's got to get papers in order. So uh, the uh, head Oh, yeah, this, this is pretty much the, 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 the whole rest of the movie take, pretty much takes place in the next, like, day, yeah. essentially. This is the longest day in the she, She's got to get her papers in order. So yeah. she goes and opens the safe in the wall. And then Eli Roth shows up, and he's mad. He's like, you're leaving. going to leave me behind. Leave all that. But you're going to leave that gold here. This guy is such a sulky motherfucker. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Now he just suddenly decides to shit the bed in front of everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she's like, you know... Fuck you. Of all the orphans to come through the gates, you are always the saddest and pretty much the shittiest. The shittiest. That's pretty much what she's saying. Like, you're just a fucking wet blanket of bullshit, man. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she she even refers to him. She says, you're a prince without a kingdom. And I guess that's a reference to a quote where uh, a man, a man without empathy Mm. is a prince without a kingdom. And uh, this is this is one of the more interesting things. Del Toro goes off in the commentary about how. Um, Eli Roth's character is supposed to be essentially like a personification of fascism. Mm. Uh, and actually, he's kind of like a dark mirror of the bully character. 
uh, both of which, they're both names start with the letter J, which is supposed to tie them together thematically. Well, not even thematically, but just kind of like show you how even the movie kind of categorizes them together. Whereas the bully, he's flexible and empathic enough uh, to other people that he can learn and grow and learn to be friends with other people. This bully guy is just, yeah, he's a personification of fascism. He's super rigid, only worries about himself. Uh, intentionally others himself to other people. He's a, like, you know, he can never open himself and emotionally connect with anyone else. And yeah, the quote when, when she says, yeah, your prince without a kingdom is supposed, supposed to be ties into the fact that, yeah, uh, just his lack of empathy just makes him an, 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 an another person, an othered person. And uh, yeah, he's always doomed to be alone no matter where he goes. Yeah. So He demands the key to the safe, but she won't give it to him, and before he can take it, the doctor's there with a fucking shotgun and being like, hey, fuck off, man. Yeah, and he really should have just fucking put... I mean, he even says this later, but he should have fucking put a shot in this guy right fucking yeah. here, but yeah. And the boy's like, you were pining for her, I was the one that had to fuck her. Carmen, the, the, the headmistress? McGonagall? Maybe. I thought there was a bit where like he like she refused to give up the gold. Well, no, he doesn't. She actually show show him that there's no gold inside the safe, and that's when he gets pissed off, slaps her. I I think this is this is how I remember it happening. And then the doctor suddenly shows up with a shotgun because now the guy's resorted to physical violence. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Mm. Yeah, I think that's what. Maybe happens. I don't remember. But it, it does establish there's. Oh, I can't remember if they established there. Later on, there was no gold in the safe, but I can't remember if they established. This I don't now. think there's. No, I don't think they established there's no gold in the safe because you see the gold in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So he's like, I'm the one that had the fucker. So headmistress blasts him into the side of the face with her cane. Oh, that's what it is. He hit. She hits him. Mm-hmm. She fucking wallops his ass. It's like, really nice. What did he expect the outcome to be here? Yeah. She, he's, what, what, what was going to happen? Like they were going to be like, you know what? You did. You do deserve the gold, I guess. Yeah. And like, let him walk away. No, this is. Yeah. So the, she beats the shit out of him. And they force him to leave. Yeah, at, at shotgun point, he just wanders way down the road, and he's all being Mr. Sulky. Yeah, and a pretty young girl that was his fiance staying behind, not wanting nothing to do with him. Yeah. Wish good for her, because yeah. I feel like in a lot of movies, she would have been like, oh, I do no, love him. No, Carl, the don't go. Yeah. I live because I'm from Spain, Espana. <laughs> yep, that's how that works. Um, yeah. So now everybody's got to get ready to leave. Lots of boys running around, packing and shit. Yeah, so they're, they're they've got a like a dairy truck that they're gonna load everyone into. Yeah, uh, they ask the young girl to get some gas for the journey, but when she goes to get gas, there's only one can. It's empty. They established this earlier. Well, the first time, the whole re- there's a whole scene earlier that we kind of skipped over where they're helping the doctor prepare to take the the baby juice into town. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing where they established that like in the garage in the orphanage, there's a. They have a whole bunch of uh like gas, gas canisters tanks, yeah. that they use uh, to, to like they have a couple of the kids go out and like actually pour manually into the gas tank and stuff like that. Now they go back out there, all the gas canisters they're are they there. gone? Yeah, they're yeah. Gone. So uh she Is the in terms of script writing, this movie's really efficient mm-hmm. and nice and like setting up things that you didn't realize were gonna be set up. And like this is one of the nice things with the gas canisters are yeah. suddenly missing, you're like, Oh shit, something's up, you know. She hears a noise and goes to check it out. She's a little nervous, though, so she grabs the shotgun. She sees gas underneath the car and follows it to some open doors. Yeah, presumably, I guess like, that means the gas line in the truck has been cut. to him? Yeah. But she finds Eli Roth spreading gas around. He's going to bowl the whole place up. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's butthole. in the kitchen 
He's soaking the 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 the, the safe in gasoline, and he's got all the other canisters of gas right there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're they seem to be completely alone. It's just Hot Lady and Eli Roth in a shotgun. Yeah. At some point elsewhere. The uh, headmistress says, oh, it's my bad leg. It's heavier than ever. Well, they're loading up the truck. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Well, because she even had dialogue earlier when they revealed that she was sleeping with Eli Roth. She talks about the phantom pain of that missing leg, and sometimes it bugs her worse in some yeah. days than others. And so she's kind of talking about it again. You assume that's, that's what she's talking about. Well, I don't know what happened. We'll just find <laughs> out that's a double... Again, that's kind of what I was talking about, like setting up things where, yeah, the, the whole reason she mentions her leg being fucked up earlier in the film is kind of like misguiding you here where she's like, Oh, yeah. my leg feels heavier than usual. And it's like, well, it's, it's a literal thing. That so Eli yeah. Roth starts Mark mocking the young girl and being like, you're not going to shoot me. And starts, yeah, but, 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 and starts slapping the gun, which makes it go off because yeah. you don't slap a gun when somebody's holding it with the yeah, finger he on the He doesn't even try to rip it out of her hand. Even, even though he could, he's just like fucking with her. And yeah. And so he gets some buckshot in his arm. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. So he's like, eh throws a cigarette and lights it on fire he even blows on the cigarette to make sure it's extra like the cherry's extra yeah, yeah. big big and the yeah, app blows up well no it doesn't immediately blow no, up it's, it's just... It just lights on fire and then everything starts yeah. being on fire and the kitchen's ch- bursting the, of flames yeah, the kitchen bursting of flame and the chubby teacher lady oh comes my in god this is the, like, the whole reason for her to exist is to get blown up here right, she so starts bad trying to well, fat, both use a piece of cloth to flap the flames, and like you're not gonna. Well, both yeah, Carmen the one like a lady, and on. she come in, and and it is the most like what do you you can't you, this is not the kind of fire you put out just by throwing damn cloth over no. Mm-hmm. But she's yeah. not even throwing damn cloth on; she's just batting it. Oh yeah, fire. just kind of like, like oh like a bat lady, got in, and you're you trying are, to catch it. She is doomed to fry in this. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. so sad. But so the yeah. gas blows up. Chubby she teacher's dead. <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of kids are dead. Doctor hurt and bloody. I... Car blows up. Eli Roth watches from outside. Yeah. Well, I guess because Eli Roth, I guess it's kind of suggested that he cut the fuel line, and then I guess like had a like a line of fuel going out from the kitchen out to the car. So I guess the explosion inside the kitchen caused the like the fuel out to the car to explode. Constantly... So the truck explodes. There's constantly little boys running around everywhere at this place. But during this. When he was doing all that, they just vanished. Yeah, what that's, to it. Them? Gets a little weird. How? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the kids were all busy packing up and stuff, so they were inside inside mm. the barracks, presumably cleaning out the lockers, I guess. But yeah, he managed to do a lot of the shit in like five minutes because they yeah. kick him out at gunpoint, and literally, it's five minutes. You find out that he stole all the gas, cut the, the c- cut the fuel line to the car, done all this shit, and. Yeah, so <laughs> in this one explosion, presumably this is what Santi was warning Carlos about, that a lot, many of you will die. Like, pretty and... much two-thirds of the cast have been killed right here. Fat Lady's been incinerated. Two-thirds of the kids have been killed. Uh, fucking Carmen, the one-legged lady, she's been blasted across the kitchen room, and she's all fucked up. Uh, like, the fucking doctor guy, he was out by the truck, he got blasted back, and he's got, like, wounds in his side, and yeah, everyone's I checked take... up. And this is not the only movie to do it, done it. I take issue any time in movies like this where there's an obvious asshole character like this guy yeah. that pill. is employed by super good people, yeah. like lawful good people. All the lawful these... good people don't employ chaotic, evil people. Yeah, from the time they were little kids, and like the headmistress even is like, "You've always been a shit." 
Then why is he still working here? Maybe, like, she underestimated what is she... Well, I mean, their backs are against the wall because they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're, they're dying for help. This He's... I mean, that guy is the only, like, youthful male strong back that they have available to them. He's presumably is the kind of guy who helps keep this place together. You've got tons of boys. That's true, too. But, yeah, I don't think they ever knew that he could be a, what a murderous shit that... Or, like, what a murderous shit he could become if pushed no, to that. I don't care but about I the do, murder. I know He's what you're talking about, asshole. though. But it is just, like, just this guy... Fuck out. This guy sticks out like such a fucking sore thumb. Exactly, yeah. like... Yeah, because everyone else is so cool and so chill in this movie, and he's just such a me, me, me. Also, the fucking is good. Maybe that dick. Who knows? Maybe he's got, like, one of those dicks that, like, are fatter at the end, (laughs) banana-shaped, and, like, fucking tentacle dicks. Who knows? You are the expert on what kind of dicks are best. I just said, I've heard Fatter on the end, tentacle dicks. I've heard people express opinions about dicks, and there have been some ones that I've been like, really? That's a good thing? But, (laughs) It's got tentacles? We're talking about a movie director. His next movie is about a lady fucking a fish. Mm. So I'm just saying, who knows what lurks in the hearts of people who need a good dicking, but yeah. So uh, the doctor stumbles around. Yeah, he, he he's all his ears all perforated. Ears all he's up, he's yeah. he looks like Yahoo Serious after the bomb went off. What? You know Yahoo Serious? You know, you saw the commercials for Young Young Einstein. Oh yeah, you wouldn't have because you were like two when that movie came out. Yeah. You never you don't even know who Yahoo Serious is. Is that who am I thinking? Of? Am I thinking of in Soviet Russia? This is that that was the Australian version of that guy. Oh. This is a guy from Australia who made a movie called Young Einstein, which is like one of the most popular movies ever in Australia. When they released released in the United States, three people saw it and they pretty much banned that guy from ever being in America again. <laughs> but yeah, I remember the commercial for Young Einstein was like he's supposed to be young Albert Einstein, but he blows himself up and he's all like. Covered in soot and like smoke, smokes coming out of his hair. Oh yeah, that's my that's, joke about that. Okay. That's what the doctor guy is like right now. Yeah, that's he's it. Got, that's, like... I know the cover of that VHS tape. Yeah, exactly. Always, yeah, you always see it at the store and be like, no. Exactly, because no one's gonna no. rent it. It's always yeah, it's never been touched. Yeah. What was the young movie that? Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Batman was in. Um, Frankenstein. No, Batman. Uh, Which Batman? the one time Batman? Um, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh, young. No, wait, Young Genius? Rebel Genius? Real Genius? Young? Was it a Young something or something? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Like... He was another. Listeners, That's what I was thinking of. No, don't, don't bother. We'll no. forget. We'll forget we even talked about it. No. Okay. And we can just Google it later. No. If we really care. Um. So the doctor stumbles around. Kids are bleeding her dad. It's a bad scene. Bad, bad scene all around. He goes to the kitchen and finds the headmistress. She's alive, but barely. Yeah. She has a chunk of glass lodged in her chest. Yeah, it's presumably which, right above her heart or yeah, something. He yeah. pulls out and it starts to bleed like crazy. That's, this is and the goriest moment in the whole you'd, movie, really. You'd think a doctor would know better than to well, pull a chunk of glass out. He's in love. He's in love, and when you're in She's love, you pull. Up. You make dumb choices like that. Well, yeah. Carlos runs to get his medical bag. Uh... And outside, the young girl says, is telling the other boys that uh, they wouldn't have heard the explosion in town. And if she walks all night, she should be able to get there and get help. Assuming everyone wants help will want to help them. Yeah. So who knows? Especially because it does seem like the right-wing fascist guys are in control of town. So mm. they might be bringing 
bringing about bad shit upon them worse than anything else if they try no, to get help. But who knows? I mean, it's just an orphanage. Dude. Yeah, it is. They, well, that's what I'm saying. Nobody Depending knows on, their side. But they, that's anyway. what I'm saying earlier. Like, it's never really established whether or not anyone knows what a, like, a leftist enclave this orphanage is supposed to be. So who knows mm-hmm. what? Yeah. I mean, bad enough that the government did try to bomb the orphanage, but that mm-hmm. may have just been a blind carpet bombing. But yeah. yeah. Inside, the headmistress tries to tell the doctor something, but he can't. He's like, I can't hear you. I learned. I new, can't hear over the side of your bleeding. I, I, I learned a new poem. Here, I'm going to tell it to you. And he starts rapping. He goes, <laughs> Ninja rap! Wiggy, wiggy, whack! This is a very nice little scene, even though I kind of. Wa- this is one of those things where, like, if you know someone in your real life is about to die, this would be nice to do if you know. If somehow someone can guarantee you they have 30 seconds left, this is awkward if you think someone's about to die in the next, like, three minutes and you're going to read them a three minute long poem. What happens if they actually end up hanging on for three days after that? And then it's like, oh. I well, think then you, you read them right a there. nice poem. Right there. Oh, die. <laughs> a, a sequel poem saying, I'm so glad you didn't die right in the moment where I thought you were going to die. Because he, he reads this poem to her that's all like rage, rage against the dying of the light or some shit like that. As she's like really like like her lights are going out. Mm. And it's very nice. But like, yeah, this is one of those things you really can't do in real life because people in real life don't like die this way. We're so convenient where you know they're just. But... You've been in a lot of explosions, Bill. Yeah, of course. I'm 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 a scientist. I've caused some damage. <laughs> I, have... I have pulled chunks of glass out I'm of people's saying, chests. When people have uh, chunks of glass in their hearts as a result of something you've done, you've got about 50-50 chance whether or not that's actually going to help or hurt. He's a doctor. I'm pretty sure he knew she was dying. <laughs> He's a Spanish doctor in 1939. How much could he know? <laughs> oh, Spanish! I didn't mean to make it all fucking racist and shit. It was. It was, it was it's more about 1939. It was... Did they even have science back then? He, they didn't. He invent... gave a lecture about how he's a man of science. No, nah, yeah, but that's like fucking old timey shit. They didn't know shit back then. They didn't even have band aids yet. There were planes <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, Bill. <laughs> I'm talking band aids. Planes hurt people. I'm talking about fixing people. I did actually. This kind of does tie into part of the reasons why this is a period film. Del Toro has this whole big thing again. This is supposed to be a gothic horror film, mm-hmm. and even though it's not gothic, you know, because it's not a dark and stormy castle, but uh, he wanted to make it a period thing because it's tell ever to most people like old timey stuff equals like more superstitious and stupid, mm-hmm. and so it's more easy to th- get away with a, like a ghost story in olden days, even if it's just like removed from us by a couple decades. It's not like centuries in the past, yeah. And so like it's it's, it's a little bit easier to believe in an age of superstition. Uh, which that is kind of damning. I, I I had this take place in the, in the Spanish Civil War because people were stupid back then, which is kind of like what he's saying a little bit. But yeah, so I'm she dies. <laughs> she dead, Yeah, she dies very conveniently at the end of his poem about like I'll my love with be with you forever. It's like that 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 poem from the Civil War. Yeah, it's very sad. So sad. So. Uh, Shokin farewell plays. Asshole kids run after. The girl and gives her a grain of strength, which is what she gives them every. Oh, morning. you mean like okay, the good. Uh, you said asshole kid. Oh, you mean the bully kid. Yeah, yeah if I say yeah, the bully. I kid thought I thought you said asshole kids, and I'm picturing her being chased out of the orphanage by these kids. Are <laughs> so, so like out of they just lost their mind. But oh yeah, I forget because early in the film she was given these kids. It looks like a big bean. Yeah, it almost is like a communion thing as part of their meal, like Probably a grain is. of strength. She would pop a bean into their mouths, and she would say, "Yeah, grain of strength." Again, is. Cr- on her being very cute 
he does the reverse where he gives her essentially communion, which is nice. So she's he's the last nice person she ever sees. We don't know that yet, but man, actually, what happens to her is probably the most fu- even more fucked than what happens to Santi is more fucked up than anything else. Mm-hmm. Man, boy, where's her fucking ghost at? Yeah. Fuck the ah! Now I hate this movie. There where you the go. Fuck. Her ending. Her ghost should have come uh. back with a shotgun. At, oh man. Fuck. Yeah. Now she's yeah. stuck also haunting that road. At least everyone else gets stuck haunting a cool little orphanage where there's like ha- roof over your head. She she shows the bully that she's wearing the uh, oh yeah cigar the label, yeah. label that he gave her on a, a ring. Not her ring finger, but one of her fingers. Oh, yeah, she's kind of wearing it. And then she runs towards town. Closest thing to marriage she's ever going to see. The doctor (laughs) goes to the window. She does actually start trotting, which I give her credit for. She's just surviving an explosion, and she's running down the road. And like, man, God on you, lady. Cursing Eli Roth's name as he does. Yeah. Uh, He tells Carlos to go get his music. He's going to wait by the window and shoot that fucker when he comes back. Uh, At night, Carlos and the bully have a heart-to-heart, where the bully tells Carlos what happens to Sante. They went out at night to gather slugs, as you do. This is, yeah, this is randomly, he just says, okay, here's the exposition of what happened. Like, it's a kind of impromptu of nothing but here. Hey, get, settle in for a ten-minute flashback. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about, like, the, the cryptic secrets of this film. Yeah. Yeah. So flashback. They're gathering slugs. Sante heard a noise, went upstairs, where he saw Eli Roth messing with the safe. Yeah, living Sante doesn't look anything like the ghost version, which granted the ghost version does have a giant crack in his head. But, like, the kid doesn't even look like the same kid. He's got kind of a bull cut. Yeah, he has has the worst haircut in the film. Mm. Ugh, poor Uh, kid. He runs downstairs and warns the other kid that Eli Roth is coming down, so the bully hides. And Eli Roth comes down and starts smacking Sante around. Grabs him, covers his mouth, which Sante bites, and so Eli Roth is like, meh, and shoves him, which knocks his head against a big outcropping rock on a pillar. Yeah, the movie even does the white flash thing, just drive home how hard Sante hit the pillar. Yeah, yeah Sante falls down, he's bleeding out of the side of his head, and yeah. convulsing, and mm-hmm. yeah. Eli Roth goes to get ropes and shit. Well, I do, to give and, credit, at least Eli Roth freaks out for a minute or two, like he doesn't... Like, he almost feels like, I can't remember if he even tries to apologize or anything like that, no. but it's not quite so, it's not like he's trying to murder the kid, he was just trying to keep him quiet, and trying to fuck him up, and trying to intimidate him, but this yeah. quickly went from intimidation to accidental murder, Yeah. and so now he's, he, oh, well, he, well, it's not murder yet, but he has fucked up this kid in a way that's obviously, this kid's not coming back from this damage, Yeah. and so this is, yeah, yeah, this is the when the murder mm-hmm. really kicks in. So... Rather than go and get the doctor and yeah, say, which hey, you could I, do I think a kid tri- tripped down in the yeah in the basement. This is when you hope the kid's fucked up enough he can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not just, yeah. But drama. he gets ropes and puts it all around him. and Presumably him weights water. and rocks and stuff yeah. like that. Because all we see that he's tying up Santi. Next thing we know, we, just, we see Santi, which we've seen in flashbacks a little bit, of his body just all tied up being thrown mm-hmm. into the water yeah the, the piss water. and then the bully run he he's sad for a bit and then runs outside sees planes above a bomb drops in front of him but it doesn't blow up yeah and um, I we're guess essentially seeing the seeing nobody the else the heard that again. because nobody comes out to investigate he's just out there alone what people can or can't hear in this movie is very selective yeah, yeah. again a gothic horror movie it's not you know it's yeah that's yeah. that's kind of he says he was a coward he was afraid of eli roth but not no more next time he see him he gonna kill him and then the next, so the next day, 
The girl is walking along the road and sees a car approaching, but it's not good. It's this Eli Roth a, and his goons. This is super sad because you think for a moment, like, finally something good is going to happen to one of these characters. And nope, it's fucking, yeah, Eli Roth, yeah. Piggy, and whatever the third guy there was. Yeah. yeah. And he comes up to her and is like, just say you're sorry and yeah, get in the, the car. Yeah, the look on her face when she realizes who this is exactly, too, is just yeah. very, like, <sighs> He's like, come yeah. on, they're watching me. She's like, I, the fact he reduces this to like oh my god i don't want my friends to think i'm a i'm a pussy here that even speaks more of volume what a piece of shit this guy yeah. is there's bigger shit going on here than your fucking ah oh, fucking hate this guy yeah she's like i'm not afraid of you yeah eventually he stabs her she dead yeah which she kind of willingly takes because i guess in over any like i guess she realizes it's futile to run or anything like that and she even kind of like he pops out the knife she sees what he intends to do, and she kind of, like, almost literally embraces it. Yeah. And it's kind of a sad moment where, I mean, this is the guy who, up until, like, 12 hours ago, was going to be her fiancé. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, she really does kind of, like, I don't know if you can really say it, like, she's embracing him, but, like, this is the last human contact she ever has is with this guy who has now killed her, like, literally stabbed her. And there's kind of an interesting moment where, like, she's, like, in the, in the, the, the warm embrace of this guy, and it's kind of like, if you didn't know what happened with the knife thing, you might kind of think it was kind of romantic if you were just, like, if you didn't understand the situation, if you didn't speak English or didn't have the context of the rest of the film, or see the knife go into her, you might think that, like, I don't know, it's kind of sad. I think you up, can but... tell that she got stabbed. Oh, no, but I'm just saying, but you know what I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's, 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 yeah. Sure. Her life has gotten fucked up in the last 12, 12 hours. Long oh, yeah. But kind of sad the guy's fucking... This is the ending this character gets, too. Super bummer. But yeah. Back of the orphanage. Yeah. Kids help Doctor to his feet when they see a car coming. Yeah, they... he's, like, upstairs in a second-story window, and, like, yeah, they hear something coming. So, yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, help me up. They stand in the window, which makes them leave because they see a shotgun, and they're like, ah. Well, the doctor asks the bully to put on his music, direct the horn out the window. He's trying to make it seem as if, no, the, like, like they're trying to put on a strong face, not, uh, not yeah. show up that they're as fucked up as possible. So he's like, oh, yeah, I want to make it seem that, like, I sur- not only did I sur- survive, but I'm waiting by the window ready to shoot this guy if he ever shows up. Yeah. He doesn't want to show, like, how, how fucked up he is. Yeah. And so they put on this little puppet show. Yeah, the, the guys show up. Get a little scared, and I don't know if they even completely well, drive away. Yeah, or he's what? like, nobody cares about this place. We can wait. We'll come back later. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. So the doctor sits back down and tells the kid, "I'll never leave this place. I'll protect you all the times." So kids are gathering potatoes. All of uh, the kids, but Carlos leaves, and then Santa is there, and he's like, "I'm not scared. Tell me what you want." And elsewhere, the doctor dead. He dies. Yeah. He died down. Well, it was one of those things where he sits down and, like, yeah, the kids come back up and they see a bunch of flies are collecting over the place and they realize, like, flies are all over the guy's face and yeah. stuff and they realize, oh, okay, you must be dead. And I th- I can't remember if it's Carlos or the bully go up and do the whole, like... The bully. The thing that Carlos everyone does talking... in the movie where they do the eye-closing Carlos, thing. Carlos is talking to Sante at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who... the Sante tells Carlos, hey, I want Eli Roth. Give me that fucker. Sante just said that at the beginning of the movie. We're renting a sign of hung it from his chest. Bring me Jacinto. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Eli Roth shows up and makes that. Uh, yeah, I guess they only waited five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we'll no, come back it's, later. It's, it's nighttime now. Oh, okay, yeah. He makes all the kids unearth the safe from under the rubble. And then, uh... Yeah, well, he's got, yeah, he's got him, Piggy, and the third guy. And I don't know, they don't even have weapons. Or, do they have the shotgun? They have the shotgun. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then uh, he gives the asshole. I was like, doesn't he go upstairs and like see that the guy's dead? And that's when. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he like he even mentions that he had to like break the old man's fingers to get the shotgun out of his grip. Yeah. And like yeah, he's 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 yeah controlling all the kids now. He he gives the bully the uh, cigar 
thing and is like, this is yours, That's isn't an, it? Again, this is why an extra dick move. Like, why don't... Now you're just being evil just to be evil. This, again, that's why, aside from, like, stabbing, like, I mean, he does a lot of evil fucked up. He can't murder a child in this movie, but that, that, that may be the most fucked up thing he does in this whole movie is give that fucking cigar label back to the kid. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, of course, and like, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that, that the bully just doesn't try to kill him right there. He definitely, like, his eyes light up with fire and is ready to murder him, but so, he's smart enough not to try to do it right there, but yeah. The villains lock the kids in a small little room. Yeah, while a little safety to, room, or, like, a little, yeah, closet room or something yeah, like that. Storage try, room. While they're try, busy trying to force the safe open, and in that room, the bully gives everybody a pep talk, and Saying that Sante was murdered and that motherfucker did it, but they we got a lot of kids here. There's, we can fuck them up with weapons. We're gonna make weapons. That even aside from just telling Carlos what happened with Sante, he comes out and he kind of kind of comes clean with the whole group about like Sante's dead. He's never coming back. We have to get revenge for him. Uh, and if once they get the gold, they're gonna kill us. Yeah. What do you think? And I do like he's smart enough to realize like yeah, they're not gonna let us out of here. Like we gotta do something about this. Yeah. We gotta we gotta be proactive. You know? So they start whittling spears and shit. Yeah, there just has to be a bunch of like wicker sticks. Mm-hmm. And so they take some. Well, they bust out the 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 windows. One of the windows to the room. They take the glass shards and they yeah they use that as as essentially like, like knives to yeah. take the sticks and whittle they lower, the spears. They lower kid out the window. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Al or what, but no, it's not Al. Oh, Al's kids... damaged. He's got a bunch. Oh, of he's the one with all back. the shrapnel in his yeah. back that they're taking care of. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh... Yeah, they lower the one kid. They out lower the him, but he lands on his ankle. Wrong. He's very bad at falling two feet and <laughs> lands on us! his ankle and fucks it up real to bad. To be fair, when I was a teenager, I jumped into a friend's swimming pool. That I thought was much deeper than it was. Mm. It was only like three feet deep, and I jumped into it, and I like I pretty much did the same thing to yeah. my ankle. Never went to the doctor though. Hobbled around on it for a week. I can't I can't remember if it was ever broken or just twisted, but like yeah, this is kind of same thing happened to me. I'm like, yep, that sucks. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, the kid's <laughs> fucked up now. He can no longer walk. He was supposed to. The original plan was to have this kid crawl out the window. Run around uh, to the front door of the closet that they're and in. Unlatch it. Unlatch it's just it a and latch. It's kids... not locked or anything. Yeah, but now he can't even walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. It is, yeah. Baddies open the safe, but there's nothing inside but photos and shit. No oh, okay, gold. that's when they find out the gold's missing, yeah. Yeah. Then the doctor's ghost shows up and opens the door for everybody. It's nice you but... never see his face, though, because no. you see the kid who just fucked up his ankle. He's sitting there trying to figure out what to do, and then you see, like, this. You see his Almost hand, like a silhouette, yeah, his hand in the hand side just the coming from yeah. Enough that you can recognize who yeah, it is. Yeah. And then you see a movement, a little flash of movement by the door, and the door unlatches, and that's it. And yeah. the kids are like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Yeah, and the kid's like, it was the doctor. He opened the door for you guys, because he doesn't know he's dead. And he's like, he told us to be brave. Yeah. So the baddies are sitting around a fire, throwing photos and shit in it, and the, his just lackeys are bitching about the lack of gold and we're they're like if we don't f- fuck you we're leaving tomorrow we're leaving tomorrow morning yeah. yeah we don't care about the gold we just want to get the hell out he's of like, here look at this photo it's my mom and dad i was a baby yeah and uh he reads the back of a different photo of him as a kid i guess and it says how lonely a prince without a kingdom a man without warmth yeah and that's <laughs> so presumably <laughs> did his own parents write that on the back of his own photo i would guess since he was older this was when he was in the orphanage it was probably the headmistress that what wrote that rip which she, she's the, the one who quotes that earlier in the film like yeah. yeah what i was pointing out that like 
Man, that's that, that's kind of. I mean, maybe she always knew that he was kind of a dick, and this is her way, her long game, cruel dig. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna say this thing to you that's not gonna make any much sense in context. Well, little did you know, five years ago, I wrote on the back of one of your kitty fi- pictures this super, this super, uh, super burn about how you have no empathy. Yeah. Fuck you, but yeah. So he's like, the gold's here. We'll find it tomorrow, and then we'll burn the place to the ground. And the other guys are like, burn the place, kill kids. We don't care. We're fucking out of here tomorrow. Yeah. The kids are standing in a stairway off to the side and hear it. Yeah. They, no, no, they're they, out. They have they, their spears. They delay their they're spear all out attack of the, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they're out, but yeah, they don't attack it yeah. immediately. But they're yeah, they're they're in full Lord of the Flies mode though. Yeah. yeah. The the next day, uh, Eli Roth puts on a record as the other dudes get go and the other dudes go to load up the car. He's taking the shotgun somewhere. I'm not sure where, but uh, notices a fake leg as he's walking over a bunch of rubble. Yeah, and I don't, he may be just ready to leave too. Yeah, I don't know. There's if he's just there's like, gold in that damn there there leg. Yeah, what a twist. Which that's clever. That's yeah. We find out that the 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 lady. She's I guess there was a built-in hollow into her leg. Like not just like a hollow, but like there was like a like a, a door for secret yeah. messages. Yeah. I guess in her door in her leg that she decided to uh, yeah put all the like the ten gold bricks yeah. into but then he yeah. hears a car and goes running and it's, uh, the other two guys are driving off which is funny because that's what happened to carlos at the beginning of the film that this yeah. guy's yeah where they're like okay <laughs> hey look it's superman like, over there turn around and they're like fuck you you son of a bitch and which like, is funny because he's got the gold yeah, right there and he's like no fuck you all yeah there's me. a moment where i'm kind of like i'm surprised he didn't say anything yell out to the gold because like this is only right out of here but at the same time if he keeps all the gold that's all the gold to himself so it's easier to just walk mm-hmm. back into town by himself like, he essentially just bought himself a bunch of free gold by, like, not yeah. trying to catch the car, but yeah. Yeah, he loads all the gold up in bags and hangs it off his belt. Yeah, puts a couple he's, in his pockets, he has a big he's belt. He's got a very good belt, because that shit should be pulling his ass That's out. what it's, yeah, because, like, gold... Gold is fucking dense. Yeah, he's, oh, it's, it's like, ten bricks of gold, and that's gotta be, like, that's, that's... Like twenty pounds of gold or something like oh, that? Oh, way more than that. Like, at least. I mean, these are small bricks, they're not, like, the big fucking... Uh, Goldfinger to uh, bull- bullion bricks, but like they're still like yeah, he's got yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. Is he? He must be wearing suspenders under his. Uh, I don't wife think beater. so, but um, he's wearing plot belt. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So uh, well, even then, like he has half of the bricks inside. Like he's just taking a napkin and tied it to his belt. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, even then, that doesn't seem like the safest way to hold on to that gold. But yeah. So then the kids are standing there, two of them, and they're like, "Hey, what's up, bitch?" And then they take off running, and he chases them. He follows them to the cellar, and they're standing there, and he's like, all right, and lifts up the shotgun to shoot him. But then the bully comes out of nowhere and stabs him in the fucking armpit with a spear. Okay, that may be one of the more fucked up things I've ever seen in a horror movie, too, because that is such a good fucking blow. And of all the places to get stabbed by, like, a homemade spear. Because he drives it really solid, right? soft Oh, yeah. And... The, all, of course, all the other kids come out and yeah, again, they go to Lord of the Flies modes yeah, and just fucking... He gets a fucking... spear in his forearm that yeah. looks really Oh, yeah, well. stabs him, like, right between the two bones in the arm, and it's just like, man, this guy gets fucked up! Mm-hmm. Yeah, this woolly, woolly man with the gun get taken down. Yeah. yeah. stab him a bunch and then push him in the water. But, oh no, the goal is weighing him down. Yeah. So he starts to get rid of it, but before he can finish, Sante comes out of the the murky water's depths and pulls him down. Bum, bum, bum. And... He screams. It's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 He died. He died. Go see peace forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Santi has the worst housemates <laughs> yep. available. 
Um, yeah. So the kids walk down the road. The voiceover of the doctor plays that started the movie as he stands in the doorway. What is a ghost? Yeah, what is a ghost? It's a moment frozen a tra- time. A tragedy condemned to repeat itself time and again. An instant of pain, perhaps. Something dead which still seems to be alive. An emotion suspended in time. Like a blurred photograph. Like an insect trapped in amber. I am a ghost. Duh, and. Yeah. Because I think you see a silhouette kind of come out after the kids. And, yeah. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So what do you think? It's a good movie. Yeah, I don't good. think I'd watch it again. It's it very was, slight. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to see it a whole bunch. Of, it's it wouldn't. I don't think it would ever be on anyone's perennial like. Well, yeah, you even point out it's not really Halloween viewing. Yeah. It's more of just like a little melodrama that just happens to have a ghost in it. Mm-hmm. And again, even yeah, I was mentioning how this is kind of a dry run for uh, Crimson Peak. I even watched the end of Crimson Peak again today. Crimson Peak it almost ends with the same speech from another ghost. Well, actually, mm-hmm. no, it's not actually spoken by a ghost. It's actually spoken by a living person. But like someone. Monop- uh, mon- not monopolizing monopolizing about ghosts monologuing about the nature of ghosts and stuff like that and yeah it's it's i wonder how hard del toro had to work not to essentially just uh accidentally steal from himself while kind of redoing the same ending for crimson peak but mm-hmm. uh yeah I, this is i don't want to say i was disappointed because it was a good movie but it's so slight the story is once you take out all the, like the little melodramic uh melodrama details it really is like, oh, there's an asshole at this orphanage, and he gets his comeuppance at the end, which yeah. I maybe that's a little reductive, a tiny bit, but yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of interested. Del Toro because makes good movies. So. I got the Del Toro uh, triple box set, which has this, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and Chronos. Uh, mm-hmm. And Chronos is the only other big movie of his that I haven't seen, aside yeah, from the mimic. And so who knows? Maybe I'll do that for next Halloween or something like that. But uh, I would hope it's a little more of a actual Halloweeny movie than this, though, because if it's like this, I mean, it could still. I mean, it's not like I regret doing this for our to kick off our Halloween month, but um, but still, this is okay. Yeah, yeah looking up uh, background information about this, there's not much to 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 see other than um, this is partially inspired by Del Toro having seen the ghost of his uncle a couple times as a kid, mm. and there was a couple, he went through a bunch of different design ideas as to what the ghost should be. For a while, it was like a three-armed Christ. Uh, uh, for a while, it was like more of like an actual, just like monster ghost. Mm. And then he just decided that the ghost needed to be more of like an empathetic creature, so that's when he decided, like, you know, a kid with a head wound. And he, ne- he even specifically said that even once he decided on that and they started really working on the film, he didn't. He never wanted the kid to be scary. He just wanted the kid to seem t- to be sad. It's a ghost, but it's not supposed to be a scary ghost. It's just supposed to be a sap ghost. Mm. And I think he did that, too. Well, that's the yeah. other thing, because, yeah, it's not supposed to be a scary movie, necessarily. It's just, yeah, it's just a melodrama that just happens to have a ghost in it, which is, that's a lot of Del Toro movies. So, um, you still like Pan's Labyrinth more than this? It's been a while since I've seen Pan Labyrinth, but I would say, yeah, it's at least more interesting throughout. Yeah, this well, kind Pan's of Labyrinth slow, at least had like crazy monsters and set parts, design yeah. and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything interesting else to say about this movie. That's hmm. yeah, other than the bomb didn't do anything, mm-hmm. and boom, boom, boom. That's it. Yeah. Also, I should apologize. Uh. Jonathan Mitchell listener, he sent us some uh, listener feedback for stuff, but maybe we'll wait until we're done with Halloween to to talk about because he sent us a lengthy email about different feedback for episodes and stuff like that. Mm, but okay. yeah, we're trying to stay on topic for now. But yeah, Jonathan, thank you so much for 
uh, getting back in touch with us about just all, yeah, he's, 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 he's probably our best listener so far in terms of just like, yeah. They're always, all our best listeners. He tweets listener, about though. us. He gets in touch with us. He's our, he's our we best friend. We love all of our listeners equally. Ah, no, fine. I could say I like Jonathan Mission more than our. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, especially except for not, that. Except for that not, one butthole. Oh, uh, yeah, that that guy. That guy. He oh. keeps on. Oh, oh. I had to put out a restraining order against mm. that. He got too fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, so what are we doing next time? Next Continuing time. our Halloween festival from 1977. Suspiria. Suspiria. This is interesting because I've only heard about this movie. I've never seen it myself, too. Uh-huh. This is your choice. Uh-huh. Any particular I... reason why? Well, no, it's it's very artsy fartsy. That's Italian, right? Yes, I believe so. Mi gusta. Hey. So, you know, refer yourself for another episode of us. Eh, hey, pasta fagiola. Fagiola. Gabagol. Rigatoni. Mozzarella. Uh, ah! No, I've always heard it's very stylistic and yeah. and very vibrant and colorful. It takes I I first read about it in iMockery. You remember the website iMockery.com? I think I've seen it before, but I don't. Just he used really to do have... horror movie reviews before like YouTube and everything, where he'd have like animated gifs and stuff. Oh, that's And nice. I remember him doing this, and that kind of piqued my interest in it. And I was talking to my movie fan buddy who said it's one of his favorite horror movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I was like, hey. Why not? Let me interesting to see how gory and fucked up it is, especially for 1990. I know there's a lot of red poster paint blood in it. Yeah, everything I've seen about that movie looks super lurid. Like the lighting is all like bright pinks and purples and greens and shit like that. And it's it's oh god, it's not Fulci. It's uh, oh, it's Argento is the director of that. So and I've never yeah. seen any of this stuff. All I know is he is the producer of Dawn of the Dead, which is the best. Uh, Probably the best zombie movie ever made, but yeah, well, yeah. Next week will be 1977 Suspiria, and yeah, we'll be halfway through our month of Halloween stuff. Uh, spoopy! Uh, uh, it's been so spoopy uh, lately. Uh, uh, which is funny because we're recording this in the middle of September, so the world doesn't feel too spoopy yet. We're getting there. It feels pretty spoopy. People are freaking out about pumpkin spice. Halloween candy is out there. Target's got creepy furry fetish heads you can buy. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Target, no, stop. Oh it. my god. Okay, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks. Thank he's, you, Gilmore Del Toro, if you're listening. He's muttering on Twitter, I'm the Grumpy Troll on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter, tardypodcast.com. Find us in all the places. Mm-hmm. So until next time, keep filling your holes with pop culture, and we'll see you on the next boopy episode of Tardy to the Party. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm. Sp- <laughs> Sp- <laughs> Sp- <laughs> Sp- <laughs>